chapter 12, this is the battle against the Ammonites. And you've got the battle beginning in chapter 10, then you've got the conclusion, the victory of the battle, in the end of chapter 12. Now in the middle in chapter 11 and most of chapter 12, you have an event, or some events, that occurred in the middle of that campaign against the Ammonites. And that, of course, is the turning point, in many ways, of the book of 2 Samuel. But for now, we're seeing the beginning of the battle. Would somebody read chapter 10, verses 1 to 5? After this, the king of the Ammonites died, and Hanan, his son, reigned in his place. And David said, I will do loyally with Hanan, son of Nahash, and as his father dealt loyally with me. So David sent by his servants to console him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the Ammonites. For the princes of the Ammonites said, Hanan, the Lord, do you think because David has sent comforters to you that he is honoring your father? Has not David sent his servants to you to search the city and spy it out and to overthrow it? So Hanun took David's servants and shaved off half their beards of each and cut off their garments in the middle at their hips and sent them away. When it was told to David, he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Remain at Jericho until your beards have grown and then return. Okay, the situation here, what had happened among the Ammonites? The king died, his name was Nahash. Nahash, and his son takes over, a man named Hanan. How did David respond to this? Yes, by Yes, sending some, uh, you know, ambassadors or, uh, you know, some of the diplomats, I guess we'd say, uh, some of the State Department people, uh, over to, to comfort uh, Hanan in view of Nahash's death. There's a good relationship between David and Nahash. They've got some kind of a, a treaty or at least an understanding between them, so I'll show kindness to his son. Perhaps he's hoping to maintain good relations between the two countries or whatever. But what happens when these delegates arrive in Ammon? Exactly. The, the Ammonite nobles are suspicious. They are assuming ulterior motives and they think that they're actually spies. They're not, you know, this is just kind of a, you know, a, a, a mask they're wearing that they're trying to comfort Hanan. And so how does Hanan treat these diplomats? Humiliates them. Humiliates them. Humiliates probably as good a verb as we've got. I mean, he does everything just to, to shame them. He cuts off half their beards, cuts off, cuts off half their garments, and uh, sends them away, uh, you know, humiliated. To treat these envoys in this way is, is really a horrible breach of diplomatic relations all the way around. I mean, clearly this is some sort of an aggressive act. Now, it's not a war act, but it's an act of aggression. It's an indication that Hanan doesn't want to have anything to do with David and, and doesn't uh, want any kind of an agreement between them. Uh, there's a good lesson in this. Obviously, Hanan will end up paying for his crime. Sometimes we're too quick to suspect ulterior motives. And uh, sometimes we're too quick to be critical and just assume the worst. Um, comments and questions on this uh, introduction to the events in these chapters. Dan. 
thing that's interesting how um, here David is sending uh, comforters to the people that could be mourning. And here God himself sent a comforter to us to bring comfort to us. And we treated him with shame. Very similar at the end here. Yeah, that's a good, good uh, comment. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah. Eric. You see that uh, it reminds me of Joab in chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, when he assumed bad motives on Abner. And he's acting just like the, the Gentile leaders. Good boy. Yeah. Very good. Andrew. When did Nahash show kindness to David? Do we have a record of that? I do not think so. Anybody know of a record of that relationship? I don't think so. Other questions or comments? Okay, look at what happens then. The response and kind of the aftermath. 6 to 19. Now when the sons of Ammon saw that they had become odious to David, the sons of Ammon sent and hired the Arameans of Bethrahab and the Arameans of Zobah, 20,000 foot soldiers and the king of Mecca with 1,000 men and the men of Tob with 12,000 men. When David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army, the mighty men, the sons of Ammon came out and drew up in battle array at the entrance of the city, while the Arameans of Zobah and of Rahab and the men of Tob and Mekah were by themselves in the field. Now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him in front, of, in front and in the rear, he selected from all the choice men of Israel and arrayed them against the Arameans. But the remainder of the people he placed in the hand of Abishai his brother, and he arrayed them against the sons of Ammon. He said, if the Arameans are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the sons of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will come to help you. Be strong and let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. So Joab and the people who were with him drew near to the battle against the Arameans, and they fled before him. When the sons of Ammon saw that the Arameans fled, they also fled before Abishai and entered the city. And Joab returned from fighting against the sons of Ammon and came to Jerusalem. When the Arameans saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered themselves together, and had a deezer sent, and brought out the Arameans who were beyond the river, and they came to Halah, and Shobach the commander of the army of Hadadezer led them. Now when it was told David, he gathered all Israel together, and crossed the Jordan, and came to Halah. And the Arameans arrayed themselves to meet David and fought against him. But the Arameans fled before Israel, and David killed 700 charioteers of the Arameans and 40,000 horsemen, and struck down Shobach, the commander of their army, and he died there. When all the kings, servants of Hadadezer, saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and served them. So the Arameans feared to help the sons of Ammon anymore. Okay, um, so uh, the Ammonites realize they're in trouble. Their bravado turns to panic. Uh, they realize David's upset with them. And so uh, they resort to several tactics. What, what do they do to try to kind of reinforce their strength? <clears throat> yes, they hire uh, soldiers from other countries. What's the name we use for that? Mercenaries. Yeah, that means just a servant or a soldier that you hire from some other nation. So they hire mercenary soldiers basically up to the north, uh, to the, from the Arameans or the Syrians, that means the same thing. Uh, and they get 20,000 foot soldiers from here and 1,000 men there and 12,000 from somewhere else. And uh, this is seen by David as an act of aggression, 
So David gets the army together. David sends Joab to get the army together. And, uh, you know, in some ways, David's army is outflanked because they've got the Ammonites on the south, the Arameans on the north. How are you going to fight on two fronts at once? So you can see Joab's strategy. He selects the best men, and he uh, takes them, and he's going to fight against the Arameans. The rest of the people are under Abishai's command, fighting against the Ammonites. And basically, uh, David, or Joab's idea is we'll help each other. If, if you're in trouble, we'll help you. If you get in trouble, or if we get in trouble, you'll help us. So they're going to try to work together, and we're going to be strong and courageous uh, and, and, and they're depending on the, the Lord to give the battle. Really, this is one of Joab's best moments. I think he shows some good tactical ideas, but also a, uh, the idea that he's fighting for the Lord and he's de dependent on the Lord for the victory. Certainly he was. And what happens is, Joab is able to rout the Aramean soldiers in verse, verse 13, and they flee. When the Ammonites realize their reinforcement, their allies are fleeing, they flee also from Abishai. Well, the Arameans have fled, but Hadadezer, who is up there in that region as well, gets some of the Arameans together and uh, leads them on a new offensive. Uh, but, but David fights against them, and the, this group of Arameans also flees. David kills, in verse 18, 700 charioteers and 40,000 horsemen and strikes down the commander. So the Arameans, uh, after two tries, are afraid to try to help the Ammonites anymore. They cancel their mutual defense treaties or whatever, and they're going to stay home. Now David hasn't finished off yet, the Ammonites, but at least he's, he's uh, thwarted the uh, attempt to, to get Aramean help. They're going to stay up in the north, and that'll be that, and that leaves Joab and the army merely to fight against the Ammonites. So that's basically what's happening here. What questions and comments do you have? about this. Seth? Do you think David's literally present in any of these battles? I don't know the answer to that. In chapter 11, verse 1, in the spring, when the kings go out to battle, David stayed home. But I don't know if in this earlier battle in chapter 10, he was there or not. Somebody got us. Oh, wait, just know that for sure. I, I, don't. I would assume no, because if David the king was in the battle, Joab wouldn't be commanding it. David wouldn't. I don't know that that's the case. I suspect uh, that Joab's the commander, whether David's there or not. He's the king, and Joab still runs the army. That's what I think. I don't know if anybody knows better than that. Beto? Well, I'm thinking Joab is saying, you'll help me if you see that they attack me, and if I see that they're attacking me, I'll help you out. I don't know. That's with Joab and Abishai, yeah. Joab's kind of the commander. Abishai's his assistant. They're brothers. Yes, Elizabeth. Okay, it's a good point. That may be the case. Good, good observation. Eric. There, there is an instance in chapter 21, verse 17, when people tell David to not go to war anymore. So. Yes. I yes. Know, I don't know if that was a regular thing that happened, though. But that was against the Philistines. Yes. And also, they didn't want him to go to war against Absalom. But he was present with the troops, but then they went out to battle to try to spare him. I think there would be an effort try not to put David on the front line. He may be he may be on the general battle vicinity, but I don't think he actually physically went forward and led the troops like Absalom did, which was not a wise move on Absalom's part. Other comments, questions on this chapter?
Yes, Cameron. Verse 9, is uh, Joel being kind of selfish there, or is the other army he's going against uh, just bigger and more strong? I'm assuming he is trying to select the best troops against who he considers to be the best soldiers, <laughs> which may be the mercenaries and not the Ammonites. That's my guess. I don't think he'd be selfish. He needs to win on both fronts. If, if he loses either way, they're in trouble. So I, I suspect he thinks this as the most strategic move. That's my guess. Patrick. Yeah, really, in the story, the Ammonites are their own worst enemy. Uh, they set up this whole circumstance, and then they just escalated at every step. And that really reflects us when... We're not paying attention to what the Lord wants, and we're acting against God's will. Uh, unless if we turn back to the Lord, our problems are just going to get worse and worse and worse, and, and we become our own worst enemy. Good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Right. Do you think that Joab maybe was trying more of a scare tactic? Because you know when he, you know, when, when the troops approached, obviously they were scared, and that caused the other troops to flee also. And so you think he was trying to get the really strong men, since he took the choice men, to get the really strong men, scare them away, and the other group would be scared. That could be. That's what happened. So that may be. You may see that as a... uh you know, strategic move in terms of uh, their mentality and their, uh, you know, courage. Anything else? Okay, we're going to take a break in a second. I hadn't thought about doing this until now, but I think this just might be encouraging, might be interesting to you. Just take a second to do this. But uh, there's just people here from so many different